What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Black Girl Gone Afterthoughts. I'm your host, Tamara. And I am here, of course, with my husband and co-host, Jason. What's going on, y'all? So I just wanted to start off this week's episode um, of Afterthoughts uh, talking about the recent information that we just found out about the Shanquilla Robinson case, especially since we just recently did her case on Afterthoughts or did her story on Afterthoughts. And this recent development just came out today. So for those of you who don't know, the uh, feds in the United States, the prosecutors here in America, uh, have declined to bring charges in Shanquilla's murder. And I know that came as a surprise to everyone because based on what we've seen and, and kind of found out about this situation, it's surprising that the United States has declined to um, bring charges. And they've said that they don't have enough evidence. It'll be interesting to know what evidence they do have. But I really don't know what that means for the case in general, because we do know that the Fed, well, the government in Mexico or the authorities in Mexico did charge um, Dejanay Jackson with femicide, as they call it in, in Mexico. And they were asking for her to be extradited. Now, I guess the assumption is that if the United States doesn't feel like there's enough evidence to uh, bring charges, then they will not assist in an extradition to another country. So I think that's pretty much the assumption. I don't know if that's true, but I, I would assume that that's true. And so, therefore, I don't really know what that means for the case in general uh, and, you know, what that means in terms of Shanquilla getting justice. But I just wanted to make sure, you know, I kind of talked about that before we got into this week's episode because we really just found out about this. So I just wanted to make sure that I told you guys about that and talked about that a little bit just because of the recent developments. And I don't know how much people are on social media or how much this has been on any news. I haven't really, it's been on the on the local news down in, in, in North Carolina and things like that, but I don't know how much people have saw that. So I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned that in this situation with Shanquilla. And we will continue to Follow this story. If you follow us on social media, you know, we'll continue to follow it and update you guys if there's anything else um, that comes up about this case. But as of right now, it looks like, you know, we're at a standstill with the Shanquilla Robinson case and anyone actually being held accountable. So, yeah, that's where we are. Uh, very unfortunate. And uh, thank you for elaborating on uh, that situation. I, I know that we didn't talk about you know, basically uh, making that the introduction to the episode, but I figured that you were going to touch on it anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's get into uh, this week's case that you covered, which is the case of Nefertiri Trader. Yes. Um, this case was out of Delaware and uh, not a very a well-known case. Uh, of course, the reason why you do this podcast once again. And... Um, Give us some feedback, some um, just an overview of, of this case. Yes. So this week's story, like you said, is a story that is not a very well-known story. It hasn't been featured on any true crime show that I know about. It has been featured on uh, some other podcasts. So if you're a, a podcast listener, a true crime podcast listener, you, know, you might have heard this on other podcasts, but it's really not a popular story. Like we live in Philadelphia, not far from Newcastle, and it just it wasn't one of those stories that 
was a big story. It wasn't a big headline grabbing, you know, on the news every night type of story. It was social media existed at that time, so we people were on social media, but I I, I just didn't never I never heard of the story, and so uh, it was definitely a story that I wanted to cover. So, a little background about this week's story: uh, Defeteri Trader was thirty three years old, and she was living in Newcastle, Delaware. She's the mother of three children. She was a housekeeper, worked at Christiana Hospital. She lived in a little community of development called Saddlebrook with her three children. Her life seemed pretty normal. There was nothing no nothing that anyone said about her that made it seem like anything was out of the ordinary about her life. She lived a normal life in, in Delaware. Uh, she, her cousin had ended up moving in with her at some point at this during this time. And so on June 29th, 2014, her cousin's living with her. She would drop him off at work. He worked overnight. She dropped him off that night, went back home. She called her mom. They talked on the phone for a little while. They're watching the BET Awards. They talked about the BET Awards. And then that was the last conversation that her mom had with her. That night, for some reason, they say that it was something typical that... Uh, uh, Nephi, as they called her, Nephi did, where she would go to this local 7-Eleven, which was like seven minutes from her house if she couldn't sleep, or she would just go there in the morning. It was just part of her, just one of them stores that she goes to. And so about 3.30 in the morning, she they suspect she just couldn't sleep, and she, so she decides to go to the 7-Eleven. Nephi goes to the 7-Eleven, buys a few things, and when she comes back to her home, uh something happens in between her getting back from the 7-Eleven and before she's able to enter her house. And Nephi is uh, met by someone, some unknown suspect, and Nephi is put in the back of her car, uh, forced into the back of her car, I should say, and no one ever sees or hears from Nephi again. And then it's hours go by before Nephi is reported missing because her family doesn't realize that she's missing. They don't realize that something has happened to her. They kind of suspect that something is going on, but it isn't until later on that night that they realize that something is wrong. And so they call the police and report Nephi missing. But um, nine years later, Nephi is still missing. And uh, there's been no suspects. There's been no, there's been really very much, very little nothing um, that has happened in terms of this case. And so that's where we are, where, where we are right now. And yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's crazy about the case that she went out and it was kind of, um, I guess they're saying that it was kind of sporadic that she just went out late at night yeah. and um, something happened to happen, something happened to her. Yeah. You know, at that time. Yeah. Um, which is also weird because um, it just leads me to believe just by listening to the story that something else was going on. I saw a few questions, but of course there's not a lot to this case. Yeah. So not, there's, you know. There's um, not a lot of questions. And and that's the sad thing about, well, that, it's the sad and the hard thing about telling disappearance cases because a lot of times that's the case. It's just not. Yeah. Not a lot of information. But I mean, it, even in some disappearance cases that you've told and other cases, there's there's more. more to the story. Yeah, that's true. And more that went went on. There's more interactions. That's there's, true. That's true. There, and a lot of that has to involved. do with the investigation that happens if there's an investigation. You know right. what I mean? And what the police are willing to say about what is going on. And in this case, 
was one of them cases where they just, I don't know, they just won't talk. Yeah, which leads us to mm-hmm. our next point uh, yeah. of this uh, afterthoughts mm-hmm. is the interesting parts that you find yeah. ab- uh, about this case. Um, so get into that yeah. and uh, let's let's see what you have. So, like you said, there was just, there, there's a lot of missing pieces in this missing person puzzle about what happened to Nephi that night. It's, it's, it's just, it was a, it was one of those stories where as I was writing it, it was it was hard to write because there were so many missing pieces. And so just to give you guys a little insight before I get into my interesting things, like when I'm doing a story or writing a story, you know, I you, as you guys know who listen, I'm writing it in, in chronological order. I'm writing it in the way things are happening. But as I'm writing it, the questions that you guys have about things that may be missing and that we kind of discuss on Afterthoughts, I'm thinking about those things as I'm writing. And sometimes I'm like going down these black holes as I'm writing because I'm like, I know this information is out here. I know I got to find it. And and it's not. And and sometimes in these cases, I have to get to a point where I'm like, Amara, it's just not there, girl. Like, you're you going to spend the next three hours Googling and searching and trying to... Fi- and it's just not, it's just not there. And so that's one of the challenging parts about just creating these types of episodes because I want to get as much, especially about a missing person, I want to find out as much detail as I can. And and it's tough to do it with stories like Nephi's. But as I always say, I still tell the story because it's an important story to be told. It, it doesn't matter how hard it was for me to tell it. I've, I include what I can find and I, and I, and I tell it because Nephi is still missing and uh, her family doesn't know what happened to her. So... Let's get into the interesting things. So let's start with the 7-Eleven trip, which you were kind of talking about just before we got into the interesting things. And that's one of the interesting things about the story. Because like we said, like I said, according to what her family says about the 7-Eleven and what I saw in reporting, the 7-Eleven trip was just, that was just a normal thing for Nephi to do. That was not something strange. It was not something weird. It wasn't. It wasn't weird at the time of day that she was there, you know. But most some people might have been like, "Well, why was she there?" That was not out of the ordinary. That was Seven Elevens. A lot of times are open twenty four hours a day, and so she lives in a small town in in, in Delaware. Newcastle is a small area. The Seven Eleven is the only thing I'm sure that is open <laughs> at three thirty in the morning. Yeah. And so she and she's and she smokes cigarettes. So we know sometimes cigarette smokers. Sometimes you might be out of cigarettes if the Seven Eleven is open and you open and you up at three o'clock in the morning. You're going to run to the 7-Eleven and grab you a pack of cigarettes. So that none of that was out of the ordinary. The only thing, of course, that we know is out of the ordinary is what happened after she left the 7-Eleven. But there's a lot of questions about what happened at the 7-Eleven. There, we know, as far as we know, she was by herself, that, that Nephi was alone. We don't have any reports that she was with anyone else, that she was seen with anyone else. She was seen at the 7-Eleven, according to witness accounts. They saw her. That's how they know what, you know, that, that she was there. That's how police were able to confirm that she at least made it to the 7-Eleven. And I don't remember where it was, but someone asked about whether or not there were surveillance cameras at the 7-Eleven. And that's a great question because, yeah, it was only 2014. So we're not talking about 30 years ago. It was just 2014, almost not even nine years ago yet. But according to reporting, according to police, there was no surveillance footage at the 7-Eleven. Why? I have no idea, but there just wasn't. And so there's no actual footage or video or evidence, or not evidence, I shouldn't say, but there's no footage of 
Nephi being at the 7-Eleven. This is all just based on witness accounts. And that's one of the also things about this case is that everything that we really know about this case is from witness reports. It's not from hardcore evidence that police have found and, you know, we followed this trail and we followed this lead and we found this and we found that. It's all based on things that her family has said, based on things that witnesses at the 7-Eleven and her neighborhood. That's how we know what happened to Nephi, which is also one of the most frustrating things about the story. Yeah, and and of course it's interesting because in 2014, there's so many different ways that uh, detectives and and departments put cases together. They yeah, have, exactly. They have video. They, they have, have recordings. What about her yeah, phone? That's like another a, thing. Yeah. Like that's another so that's thing. Very interesting. There's no discussion about Nephi's phone. So we know that she had a phone. This is 2014. Everybody had a phone. 2014. I know she had a cell phone, and her family said she had a cell phone. They were calling her phone and it was going straight to voicemail. So. When did her phone get cut off? Did they trace her phone? Did, there's so many things that we just don't know. And it's not, like I said, a lot of times when I tell these stories, you make the assumption that if it's an active case, the reason why you don't know these things about the case is because it's an active case and police are not revealing certain things about the investigation because they don't want to um, tarnish the investigation or mess it up or whatever. But in this situation, you're talking about somebody that's been missing for nine years. So I would think that you that also has been declared dead legally. I would think that after all of this time, if you had this information, you would release it. You would tell us. You would you would say something because what 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 is it hurting at this point? You don't have you haven't released not one suspect, not one shred of evidence to the public, and. As much as, like I said, as much as when an investigation is active, you you do understand why there's certain information that they won't let out. But what about when they have nothing? And, and the possibility that if you allow the public to know something, then maybe they will speak up. Maybe if you start, even if it's not everything, if it's something. And when you don't hear anything, then it makes you feel like, well, it's because they don't have anything. And then, then the question is, well, why? Why don't they have anything? Why didn't they do all of these things that you would expect them to do in 2014 to figure out what happened to this woman? Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, what else do you have as far as interesting things so in this case? As as we move into so the 7-Eleven, and then we move into the the items being found at after she comes back to the to her home. So when her cousin arrives the next day, and and like I said in the episode. Because of the lack of information, it's hard to determine a timeline of when these events took place. And I tried to piece it together as best as I could. But when her cousin gets off work, which we is, I assume is the next morning because he works overnight, he comes home. Now, when he comes home, he finds the bread that she bought at the 7-Eleven. And it appears that someone has stomped on the bread. He also finds her flip-flops on the table because it's it's summer uh, on the porch, I'm sorry. It's summertime, it's June. She's wearing flip, she was wearing flip-flops. Her flip-flops are on the porch, and there are cigarettes, a pack of cigarettes on the porch. He, according to the cousin, is like something isn't right. Now, why I say you don't know what the timeline is and how the timeline plays out is because her mom also comes to the house, but her mom doesn't come to the house until later on that evening, according to what I could piece together. 
And her mom also finds the items on the ground. So then it begs the question, did her cousin see the items and not pick them up? Did, you know, like it makes you question, like, because if he saw the items first, you would think that maybe he would have moved the items or maybe he didn't. But why didn't he? All of that, 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 I don't know. That just made me think about, you know, those, those, those things when it comes to the items. But like I said, so we find the items, we find the, the bread, we find the flip-flops on the porch, we find the cigarettes. Now, why I think the these things are interesting is because the bread being outside the car makes sense in terms of if she was abducted as soon as she got out of the car, right? Let's say she gets out of the car and then she's immediately confronted by whoever this person is and she drops the bread on the ground and he steps on the and the bread is stepped on in the course of the struggle. That doesn't explain the flip-flops and the cigarettes on the porch. So that makes you feel like she made it to her porch. Now, was she sitting outside on the porch? Was she getting ready to say, well, I'm going to sit out here and, and smoke a cigarette? That is an interesting thing because that lets you know that she made it to the porch, at least, at least based on what we know. Right, now, she got there. Yeah. Now, of course, that's not 100% sure because I don't, I don't know. I'm just... This, we just working, we just working this out in afterthoughts. But it would seem to me that based on the fact that her flip-flops and the cigarettes were found on the porch, that Nephi at least made it to her porch. Now, how the bread or why the bread was on the ground, I guess closer to the uh driveway, that's that's really that's something that's very, very, very strange to yeah. me. That's something that's very, very strange. I don't know why that would have been out there. And then also, we know that she um, purchased coffee at the uh, 7-Eleven. There's no mention of coffee cups being found or the coffee being found. So that's another... So, so did she leave the coffee cups in the car? It's, it's just, there's so many things that, you, that, that make you question that interaction. And the items, although they kind of give you a picture that something happened because these items are left outside, it also leaves open a lot of questions because of where they are found and how they're found in in different places and that there are purchases that she made that are not there, that are missing. Where, you know, so to me, that was, that's a very significant part of the case. And I think that tells a story about possibly who the suspect may be because if Nephi was on her porch, was she on her porch talking to somebody? Was she was this somebody that she knew? Did something happen at at on the porch? Was she approached while she was on the porch? Like all of those things. And so I think I just think that that's a very, very important uh detail that is unknown, but really, really, really stands out to me in the, in this episode for sure. Yeah, in this that's story, something I, I didn't really uh, pay attention to. Yeah. Um, how significant that was, man. That's, yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. It's just a, it's a crazy thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you have such little information, you start that's dissecting crazy. like every little part of the story. Yeah. And that to me is like, okay, who is this person? Who did right. this? Was this someone she knew? Was this someone she was comfortable with? If it was, then how do where the items were placed play into that play into that scenario? What, what, because like I said, if it's just a stranger ambushing her, then you would expect all of that stuff to be found right there. Flip-flops, cigarettes, 
bread stomped. The fact that she made it to the porch creates also a different type part of the timeline too. Like, so she got out of her car, she got to the porch, and and then like I said, then the, but it still leaves the question: Well, what what about the bread? And why didn't she go inside of the house and put the bread inside the house? Because you would think, well, I'm gonna go inside the house, put the bread inside, and then I'm gonna come back out, smoke my cigarette, drink my coffee, you know. So, and you know, and 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 then yeah, and then there was another point that I think you brought up about the coffee, about yeah, that the, was one of the. Um, it was actually one of the questions. Okay, we're gonna okay, get, we're gonna we'll get talk to about that. Okay, okay, yeah, all right. Let's that. get into that. We'll, we'll talk about when you get the question. The, um, it's just like literally. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm working through this as we're talking about, it, and I know we were talking about this earlier, and I couldn't remember if it was your point or if you were talking through the question. So yeah, we'll get to that when we get to the question. Yeah, this okay. is the question. Uh, okay, so do you want to? So is there anything that else that you want to focus on? To so yeah, just and I know, shocking? and I know we'll get in a little. You know, the the next thing is the neighbor. And what he hears or sees or doesn't hear or see. So we have questions about, and I said, like I said, I have questions. I should say, I have questions about the timeline because of those things that I just talked about, about the items. But what we know from the neighbor, and like I said, all of this, what we know comes from witness accounts. And I don't know how reliable this neighbor is. I don't, we, we don't know. But what the, what the neighbor says is that around 4 a.m., he hears something outside of his window. Now, we're assuming he's awake. He hears something outside of his window. Reports say that what he hears is a scream. And so he goes and he looks outside of his window. And he sees Nephi being forced, what we know is being forced, inside uh, the backseat of her own car, Silver Acura. He sees her being, and he, being put in the car. And she has, um, she's, she, the man who's, it's a man, putting her in the car, has a black shirt, tan shorts, not someone that he recognizes. He says that he didn't think anything was wrong. His, his reasoning was there was a lot of activity happening often at Nephi's house. He didn't think anything was going on. He also, during an interview with one of the local news stations, mentioned something like, he thought that Nephi may have been sick or something like that. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't, I, I couldn't see anything where he elaborates why he thought she was sick. Was she unconscious? Was she, and he doesn't say, he says, I, you know, I thought that maybe she, someone was sick or she was sick. And that's why they were putting her in the back of the car. And so I just didn't think anything of it and didn't call the police. Well, he ends up being the person who actually witnesses Nephi's abduction. He's the only reason why we know that Nephi was abducted. Otherwise, Nephi would just be a missing person. All we would know, if, 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 the, if the neighbor hadn't come forward and said he saw what he saw, all we would know at this point was that Nephi left her house at three something in the morning, went to 7-Eleven, and was never saw again. We would assume that she made it back to her house because we would have been able to piece it together through the items that were found. But keep in mind, she was placed in the back of her own car. So her car was gone. Nephi is gone. The car has never been found, which is another very interesting thing because a lot of times in missing person cases, the car is eventually found, even when the person isn't. The car is usually found parked somewhere, abandoned. The fact that Nephi's car has never been found is also. It's really shocking to me, honestly. Like, what did they do with the car? Did they 
Did they burn it? Did they? And even then, even then they could find a car when it's been burned. Like, it's just, it's really crazy to me that they've never even been able to find her car. So, but back to the neighbor. So the neighbor, the neighbor to me, of course, it's a shame because had the neighbor been more aware, been more keen to what was going on and called the police, we may have had a different situation. At the same time, let's keep in mind, we may not have because we know oftentimes when people call the police and they say, oh, I saw a black woman getting put in the back of a car that the police are not immediately responding to that. We just know, that we've, we, we've seen it. Delisa Kelly, we just did the Delisa Kelly. Delisa Kelly's family called the police and said that they got a pocket dial from her screaming for her life, and they did nothing <laughs> for over 48 hours. So let's not just assume that if this man had called the police that they would have done anything or done enough. So I, as, as much as there are questions about the neighbor, there's also, we can't assume that the police would have acted quickly in this situation based on the fact that Dele- that, that I'm sorry that that Nephi is a is a black woman and 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 it's just it's just what it is and I, like I said I can't say for sure I'm not going to shade the Newcastle Police Department I don't know what type of work they do I don't know what type of cops they are all I'm saying is it's not impossible that that would not have been their reaction to run out to Dele- to to what I just saying, Dele- that they wouldn't have run out to Nephi's house and started investigating and and doing an investigation. Uh, let's get into some of the questions that are like our going listeners have asked. Or yeah. do you have any questions? Do you have um, any no, questions? No, no, go ahead. Do you have ahead. anything you have? No, that's it. Go ahead. Let's let's get into the question. Uh, I, know, I know people have I know people have questions, and I think I got my parts out. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get into the questions. Let's see what you guys were were thinking about this episode. All right. So the first one um, is on Spotify. Question reads. Um, this was actually a really good question. Do we know if it was normal for Nephi to drink two coffees at a time? It strikes me as an odd detail and could, su- and could suggest she planned on meeting someone. Were the cups found with the rest of her shopping? I think you kind of touched on that. The second question. Yeah, the second part. Uh, yeah, so like I said, just to go to the second part, because I already kind of talked about that, uh, the coffee cups, coffee cups, were not found with the rest of her items. But that is a very, very, very good question. Why would Nuffy be buying two cups of coffee if she was just going to be by herself? Now, you know, people like coffee, you know, maybe she wanted two cups of coffee, but it's just a really interesting detail. It would have been two separate cups. Two though. separate cups. You she could have just bought the big John. Like, yeah, like, don't and, they got the like the 24 ounce yeah, coffee? You just got would, a 24 yeah, ounce coffee. Definitely. It's 3.30 in the morning. So why would she need two cups right. of coffee? She wasn't about to work a shift. So it, it doesn't make sense. And as far as we know, the only people that were home were her children and her her 17-year-old son. I'm not sure of the age of her other children, her other child that was there. But I'm pretty sure she wasn't buying coffee for them. So... And her cousin wasn't there. Her cousin was at work. So it is a very interesting question about why Nephi would be buying two cups of coffee. And yeah, 
I, I don't know. But but it's it's a great question. And like I said, it goes back to the whole items thing. Like the items is a very significant part of the story. Not only where are the coffee cups, but why did she buy two coffee cups? Like why did she buy two cups of coffee? Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. This is a, this is another good question. Did they question the 7-Eleven clerk? Um, was she alone? Did anyone know if she was dating anyone? Mm-hmm. How was the relationship with the father of her children? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good question. That's a very good. That's a good question. question. Man. So Jesus, I didn't see anything. <laughs> okay, so let's talk with the with the dating part, right? I didn't see anything about anybody that Nephi was dating. So. That is an interesting part of the case because usually you hear something about a boyfriend, a significant other, um, some someone, but there's no mention that Nephi was dating. Now she's a 33 year old woman. She's a, she's a, she's a young woman, as far as we know. She was single, so it's very plausible that she could have been dating someone, but there's no mention of anyone or any. And, and there's no. I didn't see anything where her family mentions. Oh well. She was dating this guy and blah, 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 blah. None of that. In terms of the 7-Eleven clerk, now my assumption is that the information that we know about Nuffy being at 7-Eleven comes from the 7-Eleven clerk. I could be wrong because, like I said, there's no way to know. We just know that she that the police were able to confirm that she did go to the 7-Eleven. She, whether or not she was by herself, I don't know. Could have been somebody in the car. Could she, you know, could she, I, I, that's, that was the question that I had, like, when I was writing the story. Like, did she, was she with somebody? Did she meet somebody there? Did somebody say something to her? Was somebody following her? Like, all of those questions are very much on the table because we have no idea. We have no idea. So, yeah. Wow. Oh, in terms of the ch- children's father. No information about that either. Um, I don't know if all the children have the same father. I don't know what the relationship is. There's literally zero, zero mention of Nephi's personal life at all. None of her relationships, anything like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, man. Um, Another question. What did the neighbor mean that there was always activity going on next door? Mm Mm-hmm. Just a busy household or something else? Mm, Good question. So, what I saw that the neighbor said was, yes, that he said that there was always something going on at the house. Now, I saw an article in which he said something about drug activity happening at the house, that there was somebody selling drugs out of the house. This has never been confirmed by police. It's never been confirmed by Nephi's family. And they've actually denied this and said that that's just not true. That she just, you know, that 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 she didn't have, she, she wasn't involved in anything drug related. Now, Nephi has three children at the house. Her cousin is there. Uh, I don't, you know, you know how black people are sometimes, and when, especially when their families are close. Like they just sometimes people just got, come over all the time. You know, it's always there. It's, it's not a big place. De- Delaware is not a Newcastle. Delaware is not a big place. If she has family and friends that live around there, there's not a lot to do. They probably go over their house. They probably so that may be what he meant by there was a lot of activity at her house. She was really close with her mom. I know her mom probably came over there a lot. Uh, her son was 17. I'm pretty sure he had friends coming over a lot. So those type of things could have quite possibly 
possibly just been the activity. And he could have just been one of those type of neighbors. Just like, there's a lot of activity going on at that house. He could have been making assumptions about them based on, on that activity and the colors of their skin and other things. That were, I have no idea. But that's what he kind of meant in, 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 in one way or the other. At least he mentioned that part about that he suspected or he thought that there was drug activity happening at the home. But like I said, there's nothing that indicates that, that was actually true. About Nephi, her life, police never said that they had any indication or any records of, I, I didn't see anything about that. So as far as I know, that is not true, that Nephi was not involved in drugs. She worked at Christiana Hospital for years. She loved her job. Um, yeah, there was no there was no record of anything like that happening at her house. But that's what he said, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I actually have some questions that... Um, I always write down. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't get to say them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't get to read them is what I mean. <laughs> Sometimes I don't get to read them, but um, I'm going to uh, give you these questions. Number one, my first question is, is why did the police, why do you think mm-hmm. the police broke the protocol with the gold alert? Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that I learned about. I don't know what a gold, mm-hmm. I don't, some of these things I'm not, you know, I don't, learn until you know we do these episodes because you uh do all this research the gold alert i ha- i didn't have no clue mm-hmm. i had no clue what a gold alert was yeah and uh you said in the episode that they skipped all the protocol this is yeah, usually yeah. for somebody elder elderly oh, or disabled mm-hmm. to some some somebody of that nature <laughs> and you said that they used the gold alert so yeah you know why yeah, did, why did they why did they skip all the way to the gold alert you know so and, and you know pull it up I I wondered the same exact thing. My assumption is that they didn't have anything else. I I don't know. You know, and when a child goes missing, they have an Amber Alert. We did the episode about the about Ashanti and the Ashanti Alert, Ashanti Billy and Ashanti Alert. But every state has not enacted an Ashanti Alert. An Ashanti Alert is supposed to be what they would have used in a situation, and this would you know in a situation like. Um, what happened with Nephi? Now, Nephi, what happened with Nephi happened before what happened with Ashanti, so the alert didn't even exist. But that's the purpose of an Ashanti alert is for adults like Nephi who are in danger, who are, you know, missing, been possibly abducted and kidnapped. My assumption is that by the time the Delaware or state police or whoever got the information about Nephi and figured out from her neighbor that he saw her being placed in the back of a car, that they knew that they were already behind. Right. You know, and the the and 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 in this situation, they didn't get the call until hours had gone by. So they were already in this particular situation. The police themselves were starting from behind from the moment they got the call because of the timing of when she was last seen when they got the call. And so, in this situation, they just probably felt like, "Hey, listen, what what else can we do but issue a gold alert?" And at least. Because what the gold alert didn't did was at least get her information out there right. to other police and other police and and that yeah so well, I think that they felt like they were they had no other choice yeah that's yeah. A good, definitely a good job on that part yeah that was yeah. that that yeah, definitely was up, a good job like I said even when I said the about the yeah I wasn't shading I wasn't trying to shade the Newcastle like, I don't know no, nothing about the Newcastle no, 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 Delaware City uh-huh. I don't know nothing about but in that situation I think that that was I mean right. because there was nothing else that they could do at that particular point when they issued that gold alert there wasn't much else that they could do besides do that right. so i think that that was a good move on their part unfortunately it didn't help you know and, yeah. and so yeah but yeah okay um 
I'm going to leave the last question, but um, I'm going to ask. I'm going to I'm going to leave the second question. Sorry, but I'm going to mm-hmm. last ask my last question. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just your honest opinion, just analyzing everything that you have from the case, everything mm-hmm. that you've uh, researched. Do you think that this case could have been a random act of violence? Could you? Do you think that it could have been just somebody just mm-hmm. attacking her? Mm-hmm. Randomly, or do you think that it was somebody that she knows? Just this is just a, just your opinion, based yeah. On. So based on my, so my opinion, based on what I seen and 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 researched, I think this was somebody that nephew knew. I don't think this was random. Okay. I don't think it was random for many reasons. I don't think it was number one. I don't think it was random because it was Newcastle, Delaware. I just don't think what what kind of random is a random person just kidnapping people in Newcastle, Delaware. I don't think that that was the case. I think that this is someone that she knew. I think that this was someone who knew that she was... I think I think it was somebody that Nephi was going to either meet, called her, contacted her. I, I, I strongly feel like that. The two coffees thing, that's part of the reason why I feel like that. The fact that it was 3.30 in the morning that she left her home to go to 7-Eleven and this just happened to happen at the time she's leaving her home at 3.30. All of those things. The fact that she was placed into her own car. Now that part makes you think that it could have been random. I see, you know what I mean? Like I see where people could do fit in the randomness because I'm like, well, where did he come from? How did he get to her house? Um, 2014... Was there Uber, Lyft? Uh, I can't never remember. Not, <laughs> I feel like not, I'm getting old. And probably not in Delaware. Like, yeah, exactly. Not you know in Newcastle, I mean? Delaware. Two, two, yeah, so so there, there is question. But he could have lived close by. He could have been somebody. So that 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 is also really, that, like I literally just, as I'm talking about this, answering your question, I literally just thought about that. Like, how did he get to her house? <laughs> that's another, that's something, that's an interesting thing that I actually missed. I'm sorry to, you know, interjecting your question, but how did that man get to her house? Yeah. That's a very interesting question because there's no other car found. There's, as far as we know, this ain't no bus ride. This was the city. If this was Philly. We'd be like, well, you just took the bus. Right. You know what I mean? Sub. He took the sub. He got <laughs> off at Broad Nolony and yeah. walked four blocks. Like, right. But how did he get to her house without a car in Newcastle, Delaware? Now, if you guys live in Newcastle, because I'm not going to act like I'm no expert on Newcastle, Delaware, because I'm not. But if you guys are listening, you live close to Newcastle, let us know, like, how would somebody get around in 2014 in Newcastle, Delaware? Because that's a very interesting thing. Would there is there a taxi cab that you guys know about? Did you, oh, you just called this cab? Yeah. Like, how would he have gotten to her home? So the only other thing is that he lived nearby, but then that's also like, well, how did he live nearby? So, but anyway, back to your question. Honestly, I honestly feel like this was somebody that she knows. Even with all of those things considered, how did he get to her house, all of these things, I just feel like it is. Because first of all, so often it is. So often it's not random. Most crimes like this, most murders happened at the hands of someone that the person knows. Their proximity. Very rarely are somebody killed by somebody they don't know in random killings. Not that it doesn't happen. But it's it's the rarest form of homicide. Most people are killed by someone that they know. Most people are kidnapped, abducted by people that they know, have some type of relationship with. Especially when you're talking about an, an adult situations. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes you know kids are snatched by strangers. That that happens a lot more often. But I do feel like she knew this person. 
because I don't feel like this was random. I don't feel like somebody just randomly attacked her. And then, like I said, the items on the porch, the two coffees, there's things, there's little tiny pieces of this puzzle that lead you to believe that this was possibly someone that she knew. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a sad story. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. It's and like, I look, is- I, I, I looked up today, and she's still on the uh, FBI yeah. website, yeah. and the information is there. Yeah, and that's the other thing. The FBI and, uh, has got, got involved, and, and yeah. it's still, like— I, I looked at it today, yeah. It's, it's still up on there. Yeah. They say—but they, um, the, then you say that they—I um, they, I think I—I I don't know if I read, or you mm. said that they ruled her as— Yeah, they declared her dead in 2017. Yeah, yeah okay. And and that's just because of the time that had gone by. And, you know, when you are in a missing person case, when they're able to declare someone dead, then they're able to give it different resources than they are when it's just a missing person. They can move it to homicide. Oh, uh, okay. So it, can, it was it was more strategic. Yeah, it's a, it's a strategic move. It's okay. a, a strategic move. I can think that. And, and that's why a lot of families will agree to do it because— a lot of times families don't want to do it because it's it's almost like just giving up. It's like, well, I'm just saying that they're dead even when a lot of times they don't believe that they're dead. But it's a just, like you said, it's a strate- strategic, why can't I say the word? Strategic move right. on behalf of the investigation because the goal is to then, like I said, get it moved to homicide where then it can get a whole lot more resources. Way more resources in homicide departments than there are in missing persons departments. A lot of times, police departments don't, small, especially smaller ones, don't even have a missing persons unit. So, you know, you have to have your bigger police departments. And so getting it moved to a homicide um, will then get it moved to a homicide detective and hopefully be able to give it more resources. Unfortunately, that happened for Nephi in 2017. Here we are still into 2023. And there's no, you know, there's been, been nothing. But <laughs> And what, dear? 20, 2023, I'm sorry. I said, into, <laughs> to, into 20, you know, I'll be stuttering. Um, on, it's into 2023. But all we can do is, is continue to share Nephi's story. I, I like, like I said, it's a tough story to tell, not only because of the circumstances, but because of the lack of details, the lack of information. And when you're trying to tell a story on a on a show like what we do, I, I, I want to include as much as I can. So I struggle with these types of episodes. But they're just as important as the ones where I got uh, uh, police reports and and affidavits and, you know, there's a show about it. It's just as important. And sometimes even more important because this is a missing person. And whether or not Nephi is still alive or not, her family deserves to find out what happened. Her story deserves to be told. She had children. And I know that they want to know what happened to their mom. And whoever did it needs to be held responsible. So, when you tell these stories, it just keeps whoever is out there who knows, it, it, it like keeps someone alert. Like somebody's still talking about this. It's not swept under the rug. People haven't forgot about her. People haven't forgot about this story. So yeah, that's 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 why we told Nephew's story this week. And I hope you guys listened. I hope you guys um were able to um, you know, share this episode. Like I said, if you live in Delaware, let let us know what's going on in Delaware. I really want to know how somebody would get around in 2014 in Newcastle. Well, Not you know, just, well, you know, Lynn lives in Delaware. I know you live Lynn in Lynn and Dee live in Delaware. Yeah, but, but they had they had just, middle it, it town, middle town. they had just moved there. And I know that, you know, I, especially when they moved, there wasn't nothing going on. But nothing Newcastle is a little different. So let me know what's going on, what was going on in Newcastle at that point, because I would love to know. But yeah, so that's it for this week's episode of Afterthoughts. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. 
We will, of course, be back next week with a brand new episode of Black Girl Gone, our normal episodes. And then we'll be back on Thursday with another episode of Afterthoughts. So we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.